here today. Are you ready to go to the Word? All right, let's pray, ask God for help. Where Joe um, read from, he didn't know, but that's actually our first verse today uh, in Psalm 34. Let's pray and ask God for help today, all right? Lord, I thank you that you are alive, that you are well, and that Jesus, when you came to earth, you taught us how to pray, and that when you did, you said, pray like this, Daddy God, who is in heaven. And we thank you that on this Father's Day that you are the perfect one, the one true living God, the one who never disappoint us, the one who chose us before we were born, the one who created us in his image. We thank you that you are God, our provider. As we turn to the scripture today, we ask that you would help us to grow in faith. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. All right. So we're going to turn to Psalm 34. If you've got a wireless device, the password is Real Coffee, R-E-E-L, Coffee. Um, and we do have extra Bibles. If you need a Bible, just raise your hand real quick. We'll put one in your hands. We could use one here and one here in the front row as well. Thank you, thank you. We want to make sure you are able to get a Bible here at City Bible Church. Okay, so our stated purpose as a church that we pull from Scripture, our big three is connect, grow, share. I've got it on the screen, if I could call your attention to the screen. Um, Every time we gather, whether it's in our homes, oh, and I forgot to announce, I'm sorry. This week, there are no small groups, life groups, Bible studies, no small groups are meeting this week, including mine. Okay, you show up Thursday night, I won't be there. No small groups are meeting this week to make coming together on Friday night for our worship night easier. Is that a good idea? Okay, half of you are awake. Outstanding. No small groups. So whether we get together in our small groups um, or on Sunday morning, here's our purpose. Helping people connect with Jesus, grow in faith, and share His love. That's our stated purpose in everything we do. And today, as we turn to the Scripture, we want to grow in faith. We've been talking recently about the power of a faith statement. What does that mean? You're using that hip church talk. I know. Let me slow my roll and explain it to you. A faith statement is when you say something that is true. A truth about God and Normally, this is a truth that comes from Scripture. I can say the sky is purple because I'm a Ravens fan, and it will not be true, and it will not have power. I I normally get a boo from Carol when I say Ravens, so I was just waiting for the boo. The sky is not purple, but if I say a statement that is true, like last Sunday, and if you missed last Sunday, you can pick up the audio on our website or on iTunes, God is my strength. That was a true statement. We went through it online. There's more than a dozen scriptures that we used. We pulled from just a few last Sunday. This truth that God is my strength. And a true statement that we're going to look at this morning that we have on the screen here. God is my provider. God is my provider. Now, it's Father's Day. Oh, yeah, it's Father's Day. That's right. It's Father's Day. In fact, let's just pause for a second. Can I have all the fathers in the room, even if your child is in utero? Will you stand right now? All the fathers in the room, will you stand? Can we give all of our dads a hand this morning? Happy Father's Day, men. Happy Father's Day. Thank you. All right, you can be seated. 
I'm very proud of the fathers in this church. We have uh, many fathers of this church. We have spiritual fathers. We have natural fathers. We have fathers like Steve who fathers children that are not biologically his and others in this house that function as fathers. And we pull that straight from Scripture. That is a God-honoring truth to be a father to someone whether they are your natural child or not. The Bible says that God puts the solitary in families. Yeah. We are a spiritual family to each other. And depending on how you look at Scripture and the role of an elder in your life, I'm a spiritual papa to you. And that's your choice as much as anything. But spiritual fathers and natural fathers can reflect God. But I'm, I'm to talk to all the natural human fathers in this room, but really to all of us, there is a principle that is true. Depending on your cultural upbringing, you may or may not view yourself as a provider. But I want to lay out a biblical truth today. God is my provider. God is my provider. So we've looked at uh, 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verses 4 and 5 that gives us this idea that what we think and what we feel needs to be brought through a Jesus filter. Are you tracking with me? What we think and what we feel needs to be brought through a Jesus filter. It needs to be brought under into submission. What we think and what we feel is to be brought into submission to a constant awareness of Jesus. A Jesus filter. And the truth of the matter is, uh, we have a lot of career people in this room, whether they work in education, the healthcare field, or whatever. After a period of time, your emotion, you may have in your mind checked the God box, but your emotions, your feeling, your driving force, your sense of security and stability can become a functional belief that wherever the check comes from is your provider. Right? That can, over a period of time, start to, start to work its way into our belief system. H- how do you know it's by what stresses you? Now, some of us in this room have had the feeling of when the check doesn't show up. Or you ever had one of those bosses where the check doesn't clear? <laughs> right? So that can start to become our functional belief. Let's talk about truth just for a few moments, Okay. On the screen, under God is my provider, you've got a view uh, that an astronaut took with a small camera from the, the old shuttle looking down at Earth. Captain Tom might have been. Everything that you see with your eyes had a beginning. Everything. Everything that you see with your eyes had a beginning. In the beginning, God, right? Genesis 1, the beginning of the story. Even the science that is being explored today only confirms and affirms the creation story. There was a cataclysmic Big Bang event that occurred. And all of a sudden, the universe and the galaxies... Why? Because God said, let there be light. God said, in the beginning, God. And Deuteronomy 8 uh, lets us know that it is God who gives us the power to earn wealth. 
So at the end of the day, everything that we see had a beginning. God provided for us. God created the earth. He created the ocean, right? God created the earth. He created the ocean. He created the atmosphere. He created the sunlight. He set the stars and and the moon in orbit. He, He put everything to organization. He set forth the seasons, right? The lunar effect on the earth and the ocean and the seasons. God put it all in order. God created us, the human body, our spirits, our minds within ability to earn wealth. The truth of the matter is that God is our provider. Isn't that good? It's so good. So we're going to look at some truth today and kind of let it work into our system. Are you ready? Let's go to Psalm 34. Psalm 34. Verses 6 through 10. In my desperation I prayed, and the Lord listened. He saved me from all my troubles. For the angel of the Lord is a guard. He surrounds and defends all who fear Him. Taste and see that the Lord is good. Oh, the joys of those who take refuge in Him. Fear the Lord, you godly people, for those who fear Him will have all they need. Did you catch that? Can I call your attention to the Scripture? Let's get on the same page. Let me read that again. You focus. Fear the Lord, you His godly people, for those who fear Him, and fear, this word fear, is a constant awareness of, a constant reverence toward. Okay? Fear Him. Those who fear Him will have all they need. And then the, the verse that Joe quoted earlier, Even strong young lions sometimes go hungry, but those who trust in the Lord will lack no good thing. As I trust God, He will provide for my needs. See this face statement on the screen? As I trust God, He will provide for my needs. Let's go to Proverbs chapter 3. Proverbs chapter 3. Proverbs chapter 3, and I want to read verses 5 through 10. Okay? Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Do not depend on your own understanding. Seek His will in all you do, and He will show you which path to take. Don't be impressed with your own wisdom. Instead, fear the Lord and turn away from evil. Then you will have healing for your body and strength for your bones. Honor the Lord with your wealth and with the best part of everything you produce. Then He will fill your barns with grain and your vats will overflow with good wine. Now, I don't have barns or vats, but I've got a checking and a savings account. Honor the Lord with your wealth and with the best part, and that refers to the first fruit principle in the Old Testament, which we've had a teaching on in the past. That first fruit, the best part of everything you produce, then He will fill your barns with grain and your vats will overflow with good wine. One thing that I love about the Scripture is that God lays out for us steps. He lays out the truth, the plain, simple truth that He loves us, 
and that He provides for us, but He also gives us steps, actionable items. Why is He using words like that? Because it matters. There is stuff for us to do. God gives us an opportunity to get involved, to get engaged. It's not, following Jesus is not a passive thing. Oh, okay, I'm here and now I I kick back. No, following Jesus is an active thing. And God in the scripture gives us to-do list. And you notice that in the scripture there's 365 occurrences of fear not or don't worry. And so this issue of our provision and anxiety and worry and fear and stress, and you know where your fear is by what stresses you, okay? Right? So this issue of anxiety and fear and stress and concern about provision and is God my provision and will God pay the bills? Listen, it comes down to this, His will, His bill. But we do have choices that we can make, right? We can choose to not actively follow Him, but passively come and attend and watch other people follow Him. We can choose to not honor Him with our wealth and with the best part and with the first part of our time, energy, and money. We can make those choices, and then therefore we can reap the consequences of those choices and have less peace in our life. There are many, many, and we've posted the Bible studies. You can access them. We've talked about it in the past. You can listen to more audio. There's a lot of content that over the past couple years I've laid out for you on this principle. It is true and it works. If I will give God my heart, if I will set my affection on Him, if I will confess and repent of my sin, if I will trust Him, and if I will love Him with all I've got, and if I will honor Him with my wealth, with the first part, with the best part, if I will step into generosity, then the Scripture says that I will not lack. Now, I could spend the next 20 minutes just telling you Joe's story about what happened before he got all those job offers and promotions and raises. But Joe has activated in his life the principles that we see in Scripture that God says, this is the zone. If you will get in the zone, you will be in the favor zone, the blessing zone, the even if I get laid off on Christmas Eve happened to me, I still have peace and joy zone. There is a zone that you can get into in your life where whether the check clears or not, you can have peace. I know that it might sound crazy, but it is true. It's the truth. It's in there. It's in there. God is my provider. God is my provider. As I trust Him, He will guide me. uh, Clip through a few more, just quickly. Even when times are tough, from Psalm 33, anyone ever had tough times? Even when times are tough, God will look out for me and provide for my needs. I'm going to go through these quickly. Just put your eyes on the screen. Even when times are tough... God will provide for me now and forever. I've got these scriptures up for you online. You'll see them on our Facebook, our Twitter, our church website today. From Romans 8, Even when times are tough, nothing can separate me from God's love, and I am on the winning team. 
Philippians 4. Even when times are tough, God will provide according to His riches in glory to Jesus. We can be satisfied too easily. Our prayer requests can so often not be asking God to do a miracle. I tell you something, I'm done asking God for little stuff that I can accomplish on my own. I'm done with that. That part of life I am done with. I'm old enough, I've lived long enough, I want to go to God with big stuff. Stuff that I can't change on my own. Miracle requests. Y'all looking at me like I'm crazy. Stop and breathe and dream for a second and ask what are the broken parts of your life, your home, your neighborhood, your workplace that God wants to see different. He's waiting us for us to ask for miracles. James wrote, I have not because I ask not. No, he flipped it around. He was the pastor of the Jerusalem church who had grown pretty big, so he was a little stronger. He said, you have not because you ask not. Because it was Jesus who said, ask and you will receive. And guess what? That Jesus is still alive today, still praying for you today. That's the Jesus that I serve. Now, this is not Oprah. I'm not talking about a Cadillac for everybody this morning. That's the wrong car now, isn't it? Fill in the blank here. That's not what I'm talking about. But what I am talking about is that your God wants you to ask Him for miracles, specifics with timeline, with numbers, so that when it happens, you know. Anyone ever seen that happen? I have. There's hands around this room. That's the God that you serve. That's the God who is alive today and He wants to engage your faith. He wants to jumpstart it. Some of us, our ability to dream is broken and we need healing. Well, don't come to church less when you need healing. Come more so that you can come get in the room. You know, we have prayer here every Sunday available at 9. Yeah, I said that. 9. That's like a dirty word to some of you on a Sunday morning, right? Nine o'clock, it's available. And then guess what? Worship starts at 10. And when you are broken and when you are hurting, that's the time you get up in here. And I come in and I say, God, my ability to dream is broken. God's waiting for honesty. Honesty. God, my ability to dream is broken. I need healing. Will you help me? Let's say the disciples said, Lord, we believe. Help us in our unbelief. It's that simple. God, I, I choose. I will trust you. God is my provider. Even when times are tough. Uh, sorry, next one. This one is so important. Jesus told a whole story that the, these people listen to and then they put in action in the story that's in Acts chapter 2, verses 44 through 45 and many other stories in the book of Acts as well. Even when times are tough, we can help each other and prove to be God's answer to prayer. Even when times are tough, we can help each other and prove to be God's answer to prayer. With a show of hands, how many of you in this room have had somebody else in this church help you? Look around the room. We're ready for heaven now. Look at that. That's amazing. What an awesome church you're a part of. We can. 
It's Father's Day. This is my dad, Ken Mullman. Most of you have met him. One reason why I love talking on Father's Day is because my dad is wonderful. And I know that not everyone has had this experience. And when I was a teenager and I was a hot mess, I would have people come up to me and say, your parents are perfect, your sister's perfect, what's wrong with you? I'm not kidding. That's not an exaggeration. That is word for word. My parents are wonderful. But I want to tell you something about my dad. My dad understood that God was his provider. When, we, when I was my son's age, when I was Gideon's age, we were on food stamps. When I was a kid, we were poor. It was literally one pair of shoes each school year. And I'm not even sure where those came from. But let me tell you something. My dad understands that God is his provider. Not once was I ever aware that he was stressed about finances. And my dad is a quiet, very logical, very reasonable person. He is not like me. I'm like my mother. He's not emotional. He doesn't get loud at home. He doesn't say more than 12 words together ever. He, he's like, he's very Norwegian. You are checking for a heartbeat. The, the Cherokee and the Irish and all the other stuff comes from my mom's side. My dad, like, you're checking for a pulse. He's very, very calm. But his foundation of faith was that God was our provider. God. And fathers, let me tell you something today. And single moms, that you're the provider in the home. There is an amazing amount of peace that comes when deep in your gut you realize that God is your provider. It's not the name that's on the check. It's God. Because He loves you. And not because you're worth it. And we talk truth. Because God knows you at your worst. And He loves you. He created you in His image. He loves you. He cares about you. He provides for you. Not only does He provide for your needs, but like Jabez got it. Jabez started saying, praying, Oh, that you would bless me. That you would expand my house. Look at the way Jesus taught us to talk to Daddy God. Daddy God who is in heaven. I lift your name up. May it always be up in me. Provide for my needs every day. Daddy God loves to not just meet your needs, but to lavish you with love, with blessing. He loves to do it. He enjoys it. Did you know that God enjoys bringing you miracles? Like he's up there like a parent on Christmas. I can't wait till they open this one. That's God. It's in the scripture. That's, that's who and what he is. We have this story that I don't have time to give you the full detail. One of the weirdest stories in scripture is actually where we get the Hebrew. Some of you have been around church language. You've heard Jehovah Jireh. Well, Jehovah is actually Yahweh in the Hebrew and the name of Yahweh, in fact, ancient peoples believed that the Jews were special because they believed they were the only ones that could pronounce Yahweh correctly. 
which was, of course, not true. It was their special relationship with Yahweh. But where we get Jehovah Jireh or Yahweh Yireh, God my provider, is when this story with Abraham that is strange and weird, and God calls out Abraham. He calls him to leave the land of his family where he had security and vocation and go to a land where he just didn't even tell him where. God at least told us Baltimore. He didn't even tell them where. He just said, I want you to leave. What? This is one of the very rare occasions in, in Scripture where God guides movement, generally speaking. But in one of the rare occasions, God says, I want you to leave your family's place, and I want you to get out and start moving, and I will guide you. And through that, God starts to make promises to Abraham even before he changed his name from Abram to Abraham. And before we had the Jews and the Arabs, this story starts. And what happens at the beginning is God says, I will give you a son. I will give you descendants. Not only will I give you descendants, but I will bless your descendants to the extent that the whole world will be blessed by your family. That's how God makes promises. And what happens? Abraham and his wife, Sarah, no baby. Now, Rebecca and I know what that's like to have trouble getting pregnant. She's not in here. I'm just, you know. That's tough having trouble getting pregnant. And that's what happened. And what did Abraham and Sarah do? They started to stress and they tried to make it happen on their own outside of God. Ever been impatient with God? They said, God, you promised us this. We're praying for this. They didn't wait for God's answer to come in God's time. And so what did Sarah do? She did something I've never seen a woman do before. She brought her husband another woman to, make, to get the other woman pregnant so they could have a son. And that's where Arabs, generally speaking, come from their father, Ishmael. Ishmael came because Abraham and Sarah were not patient enough to wait for the promise of God. And guess what God does? God comes and he brings redemption and he brings in purpose and he comes and he brings in healing and he brings him to repentance. And then he tells them the promise again. I'm going to give you descendants. And when I said you, I said Abraham and Sarah, not just Abraham. I'm going to give Abraham and Sarah. And Abraham is 99 years old. And some sarcastic laughter starts to creep up in the tent. But God reiterates his promise. I will give you descendants. They will be. He calls, and this is so beautiful. When you're stressed about provision, I want you to remember this story. He calls Abraham to come out of his tent. And this is what we do. We get, especially some of us guys, when stuff is stressful, we want to go in our cave. I want to be alone. I want to be alone in my cave until I can figure this thing out and fix it. No, yeah, you do. So he says, Abraham, come out of your tent. Look up. And can you imagine no city lights? The stars. When was the last time you saw the You just recently. The last time you saw the stars without the city lights. God says, your descendants will be like the stars. And the whole world will be blessed. I will bless you to the point where you can't handle it anymore and you will be a blessing. And then what comes? A son. But then God does something really weird. God says, Abraham, Genesis chapter 22, I want you to sacrifice your son to me. God's never done anything like this. 
He says, I want you to kill him and I want you to burn him. That's what he says. And what does Abraham respond? He gets his son. He gets wood together to build a fire and he walks out of the camp with him and his son. And as they're walking, his son says to him, you know, Dad, it looks like we're going to have a sacrifice. Uh, with what? There's a, you know, normally this is like, you know, the goat, a bull. There's no animal walking behind us. Abraham says this, God will provide. He doesn't know. All he knows is that God told him to sacrifice his son. He doesn't know... Why do you tell this on a Sunday morning? It's so weird. Listen, we can't ignore the tough stuff of the Bible, right? God had just told them to sacrifice his son. They climb the mountain. What did you do? They make a clearing. They build an altar. They're stacking rocks. And then Abraham grabs his son and he ties him up and he puts him on the altar and he raises the knife to kill his son. Who is the son? The son is the promise. God's promises for decades in Abraham's life of descendants from he and Sarah, 99 years old, and they had the miracle of sex. They got pregnant. It's in the story. There's the son right there. Do you think that he thought in his mind it was impossible? How would it be possible that we would have descendants if God wants me to kill the son? But Abraham's faith in God has gotten to a place that I don't know mine is at. Abraham believes that God will provide. And he raises the knife. And God sends an angel who interrupts him and points out a ram in the thicket that God prepared to be the sacrifice. He cuts his son loose. He kills the ram. He puts it on the altar because this is before Jesus. They still were sacrificing animals for the forgiveness of their sin. He kills the animal. He puts the animal on the altar and he builds it. And he calls the place Jehovah Jireh because God provides. When you're stressing about bills... I want you to remember that God the Father provided Jesus, God the Son, for your salvation. How much more will He take care of what you wear, what you eat, what you drink? God provided the Son that we can have real rest in salvation. Sadly, today, all across our nation, there are men that are going to put a slab of beef on a grill and pop a cold one or two or three or four or five or six to get a buzz to find rest. That's not real. It's not real. Real rest is salvation. The promised land God talked about as rest. It was a metaphor for salvation that we can experience the truth that I can be forgiven of sin. Why? Because God provided a sacrifice in Jesus. I can say I am clean. 
I am clean from my past. I am clean of my sin. God is my provider. I will taste heaven on earth and I will know heaven when he returns or when I die. God is my provider. That should cause a disruption on the inside of you. It should reorganize your thought, what you see when you look in the mirror, what you see when you look at your checkbook, because this world is not as real as the next. The spiritual world is more real than this. People that have died, gone to heaven and come back say, and they're walking on the grass in heaven, they can see the blades of grass coming up through their feet. That world is more real than this. The God who is the one who gave you the power to earn wealth, who sent the money that comes into your account, God is your provider. If He would make a way for your salvation, can't He make a way for anything else? Come on. What kind of God do we serve? That's where we get the word Jehovah Jireh. Just tell me that was worth it. Okay, good. All right. We don't have time, but I'm just going to read the truth statements from these last few from Deuteronomy chapter 28, verses 1 through 8. And again, I really recommend that you read through this Bible study in your own time. As I diligently obey God, I will find blessing wherever I go. Oh, man, the Bible stuff is good. 2 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 8, God will provide for my needs and bless me so that I may be a blessing to others. Proverbs 28, verse 27, I will give to the poor and I will not lack. Matthew 14, verses 14 through 18, when I see a need, I find a way to meet the need, even giving my own cash and ask God to provide. There's amazing principles in Scripture connected to our generosity. If we will follow the first fruits principle with our time, energy, and money, giving God our best, being generous to provide for the needs of others, He will pour out blessing that we cannot contain. That's what the Scripture says. That's what the Scripture says. Isn't God good? God is my provider. Now, before we close, I want you to talk to me for a second. So in these scriptures, in these stories, what did you hear? What did you see? Yeah, sometimes you have to trust before you get to see. Mm -hmm. What truth did you hear this morning? It's pointless to worry. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that is true. What else? God will make a way. God always fulfills His promises. How to have faith. Wait. Yeah. It's impossible to please God without faith. God wants to do miracles. Yes. Yeah, God's given us His best in Jesus. He'll also give us everything else. Now, this truth that we've just heard, how does that change your week? Anyone brave enough to tell me? Yeah, 
Focus on obedience. Yeah, that's good. Anyone else? How does that change your week? What difference does it make? Yes. Yes, I can have peace even in the storm. Yes. Help me to examine myself. Yeah. Isn't God faithful to bring us to... He's so gentle, too, the way that He brings us to examine when we have wrong thoughts that have mixed up in our head that are causing us unnecessary stress. Isn't God good to just kind of bring that out and help you see it and pull that weed and get it out by the root? Isn't God good? God loves you. God loves you. So our truth today, God is my provider. Can we say that out loud? God is my provider. One more time. God is my provider. Ancient Christians had a practice of pausing a few times a day to breathe and reflect on God. And I think all of us could benefit from a little bit of silence in our day to just pause and be still and know that He is God. Now, you might have a busy home, busy workplace. You know, the the Finney's mother in in U.S. history would put her apron over her head, and the, the boys knew that if they bothered mom when the apron was over her head, they'd get smacked. You know, some of us need to go into the into the bathroom at the workplace. You know, I used to walk around the building, the office park that I worked at, or go sit in the car for lunch break when it was raining in Portland 200 days a year. You know, you got to do whatever you got to do. Get a silent moment and just be still and know that He is God. You can pull up these Bible studies on your phone. I've got them set up for that. God is my strength. God is my provider. Let's stand and close in prayer.